Hello, and welcome to Coaster Kings Radio. I'm Ian O'Donnell, and today we continue our ongoing mini-sode series, The Regional Park Story. Much of this series has discussed how throughout the 60s and 70s, the regional theme park became the dominant amusement park model, oftentimes pushing out older traditional amusement parks. This is generally a narrative we see repeated by historians, but the reality is that the combination of the Great Depression and World War II had already resulted in the closure and weakening of many American amusement parks. Today, America is lucky to be graced with many traditional amusement parks, but if you look closer at these parks, you notice that many have had to adopt regional theme park-style attractions, theming, and even operational models. One of the earliest attempts to compete directly with Disneyland was Pacific Ocean Park, an elaborate theme park renovation to the existing Pacific Ocean Pier in current-day Santa Monica. This seaside amusement park had opened in 1924 and included a John Miller Woody, High Boy, alongside a slew of traditional amusement rides and attractions. CBS was driven by the success of Disneyland and the big bucks ABC had made in collaborating with Disney on the TV show and collaborated with the Santa Anita Park racetrack to relaunch the park as a theme park. The renovated park opened in 1958 and proved successful. CBS had found wonderful artists to provide the park with a fanciful mid-century style, including the elaborate nautical fountain as a grand entrance. Besides the preserved traditional amusement rides, the park added multiple elaborate Disneyland-style dark rides and walkthrough attractions. Two other attractions remain best remembered, the Bubble Car Von Roll Skyride, which took riders directly over the ocean, and the Aero-Built Banana Train, an elaborate dark ride that took guests along the Mystery Island, a tropical-themed section separate from the pier, which was accessed via a swinging rope bridge. The park was successful throughout most of the 1960s, but in 1965, Santa Monica began an urban renewal project that would cut off the park from prospective visitors, leading to a dramatic decline in attendance and an eventual closure on October of 1967. Yet, Pacific Ocean Park could be argued to be one of the original successful Disneyland competitors and deserves some credit alongside Six Flags Over Texas. Another seaside park, which was quick to adopt regional park-style attractions, was the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. The boardwalk can trace its roots back to 1865 as a popular sea-bathing destination and casino. It already boasted a popular collection of rides and amusements, but in 1961, the park turned to Disney collaborator Aero Development to redevelop the eastern end of the boardwalk. Aero manufactured the Cave Train, a whimsical dark ride running through a basement built to help with the consistent flooding that side of the park experienced from the San Lorenzo River. And the Autorama car ride was built utilizing the space above the cave train. The Autorama was one, if not the first car ride, to utilize a center guide rail, and Walt Disney himself visited the boardwalk to see what Arrow had done, and they were eventually added to Disneyland's Autopia. Car rides proved very popular additions to many parks, such as Cedar Point, which added three aero car rides to their park throughout the late 50s and early 60s. Cedar Point was actually among the first for many regional park-style attractions. The Mill Race Log Flume would finish construction in 1963 as the second aero flume following El Aceradero's opening at Six Flags Over Texas that same year. In 1968, the park would debut its Frontier Town area, with the Aero Cedar Creek Mine Ride Mine Train opening in 1969, only three years after the coaster type debuted at Six Flags Over Texas. With the 1971 addition of the Frontier Trail to connect Frontier Town to the front of the park, Cedar Point became a hybrid theme park and traditional amusement park, 
a unique combination that it continues on today. Hershey Park would take this idea a step further in the early 70s when they approached Randall Duell & Associates about a redevelopment plan to align the park with the regional parks it was now competing with. Duell developed a five-year plan to add themed lands to the park. Carousel Circle and Der Deutsch Place in 72, Tudor Square and Rhineland in 73, Minetown, Tower Plaza, and Indian Village in 74, New England Coastal Village in 75, and a full-blown Frontierland in 76. Some parts of Duel's design were delayed or eliminated, such as the New England Coastal Village, but this era marked a conscious decision to compete with the regional park mold, a process which started with a switch to pay one price admission in 1971, the Coal Cracker Aero Hydro Flume and Giant Wheel Double Ferris Wheel in 73, Aero Trailblazer Mine Train and Von Roll Skyride in 74, Kissing Tower and Twin Turnpike Cars in 1975, and culminated in the 1977 edition of Super Duper Looper, the East Coast's first vertical looping coaster. Another traditional amusement park took a similar approach, though on a much smaller scale. The Mid-South Fairgrounds in Memphis, Tennessee, had long had a historical amusement park, which included the Pippin Wooden Coaster, famously Elvis Presley's favorite, and a beautiful 1923 carousel. After declining attendance throughout the 1960s, the city of Memphis decided it was time for the region to receive a modern theme park, and in 1974, the Fairgrounds Park was largely demolished, with the exception of the Carousel and Pippin. The construction on Liberty Land began, and an American theme was decided upon to coincide with the park's grand opening, July 4, 1976, again the bicentennial. The park was divided into three areas— Colonial Land, an entrance plaza complete with a replica of the Liberty Bell, turn-of-the-century land, lightly themed to early 20th century America, and home to the renamed Zip and Pippin, Grand Carousel, and Turnpike Aero Antique Car Ride, and Frontierland, a western town-themed area complete with the old Hickory Aero Log Flume. This small park design proved popular, and in 1979 the park added its most significant addition, the Aero Loop and Corkscrew Coaster Revolution. The small-scale park never proved especially profitable. This wasn't really too much of a problem, as the park was operated by the Mid-South Fair Board as a 504c nonprofit, but the board was consistently losing money on the park. In 2005, the board finally decided to close the park. The rights to the Zip and Pippin name, design, and parts from the historic coaster were sold to the city of Green Bay, Wisconsin for their Bay Beach amusement park. The Grand Carousel eventually reopened at the Children's Museum of Memphis, but Liberty's land's closure certainly left a hole in the community. The park can be looked at as an early attempt to create a small-scaled regional-style theme park, an idea that would eventually be rather obviously copied in Louisville, Kentucky, at their own fairgrounds in 1987 with Kentucky Kingdom. An idea seen at Liberty Land can certainly be seen in parks like Gilroy Gardens, Sesame Place, and many small-scale theme parks that continue to be developed. Of course, these are only a few examples of the regionalization of the American amusement park throughout the regional park era, but this trend demonstrated the shift that Six Flags Over Texas represented. Today, you'd be hard-pressed to find an amusement park that does not feature an antique car ride, a flume ride, pay-one-price entry, or all three. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this mini-episode, please leave a comment or rating wherever you are listening. You can find interesting articles, exclusive updates, and a range of theme park-related merchandise at thecoasterkings.com. For Coaster Kings, this is Ian O'Donnell. Join me next week as we continue exploring the regional park story.
Cedar Point Fun is a new twist. Explore the early west on your way to Frontier Town. But watch out for outlaws. Live it up with your whole family. This year, every day is one price day for all rides. Tickets available at Sears stores. Spiral 300 feet into the sky for a breathtaking view of Cedar Point Fun. Fly up and away on a jet plane. See the fun way from the sky ride. Stay at the Hotel Breakers. Swim at the famous Mile Long Beach. Dock your boat at the huge marina. Cedar Point Fun, including new free variety shows, begins May 25th, Sandusky, Ohio. And you're invited.